0: I'm gonna turn it on, so we're we're live. But I love it. it cutout. No problem. All
1: right, we're also live over here. Yeah. What up, friends? It's Trainer Joe. I'm here with my man Shane. <laughs> it's time to get started. It's exciting. It's so exciting, man. I'm so uh, so filled with gratitude. Yeah. And one of the things with each interaction that I've been blessed with recently that I like to start out with is just their gratitude okay. that I have. For the person I'm meeting with, like understanding that you took your time to drive down here, sure, from your family, from your home, from your friends, from your business, and you carved out time, which is the most valuable thing that you have, to share it with
0: me, man. Sure,
1: your heart's beating, my heart's beating, our brains are functioning. There's light <laughs> that allows us to like see each other. They and, are, uh, yeah. So I just like to start with the gratitude, <laughs> you bet. And I like to start with the four agreements. Have you read that book by Don Miguel Ruiz? I don't
0: think so. No.
1: Game changer. Really. The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. Okay. So, I'm going to do my best. Agreement with yourself? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, the first one is to be impeccable with your word. Okay. So, I'm going to do my best during this podcast that I'm super grateful for to be impeccable with my word. Okay. The second one is to be free from taking things personally. Okay. And so, that one has been a great lesson for me to learn in
0: life. Sure. And yeah. uh, so,
1: by being impeccable with my word, I increase my odds of. The third one is to be free from making assumptions. Okay. And uh, so it's a good best. thing. It, it is. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth one is just do your best with those first three. Okay.
0: <laughs> Rule four is the first three rules. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> cool. I'll okay. let you start at the top. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to obviously hear about the answer. That's the big reason I'm here. Yeah. But I love hearing, and I think it's good for people too, that, um, you know, to understand the answer where the answer came from obviously so you know as much as you want to kind of let people know what what's your story where did you start what was your upbringing like your family life all those things yeah. that got Joe going you yeah know?
1: so I'm going to this is going to where the impeccability starts okay Because I'm going to try to skip over my story okay. with only giving bullet points okay matter of facts okay free from the emotion that could go either way okay so, I'm Joe, I was born in New Jersey, my parents moved me to Colorado when I was around four. Okay. They then decided that they wanted to open our home to have foster children. Okay. So, at age six, I started having all these other kids. And I am one of six kids.
0: And... You were the only child?
1: No, no, I am one out of six kids. Okay. I the fifth. Okay. And of biological uh, kids of that, biological that, your, that your
0: parents kids. had. Okay. Yeah, so
1: my mom had six kids. Okay. I am the firstborn of my dad. Okay. And then we brought in all these other friends. Okay. To come live with us. So wow. from age six to age nineteen, I lived with over fifty-eight different kids.
0: Oh my goodness. So. I fifty-eight different kids. Fifty-eight different foster kids. kids. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I've
1: been trying to come up with a different way of referring to them than that, mm-hmm. because that. To me, um, changes their value. Sure, they're just kids. Yeah, and the thing is with words is that we have agreed upon ways of communicating with each other. Okay, and so these children were just children who were looking for a place that was safe. Sure, and that's what my parents'
0: intention was. So you know, I adopted two boys. I don't know if you do oh, that at no all. Yeah, my two boys were adopted. So me and Sandy, my wife, started out uh, before we could adopt. We had to be foster parents. Really? Yeah, so it's a whole whole different... I kind of know where you're coming from, but I, I understand what you're saying, the titles and all that. And, yeah. Yeah, so...
1: And the kids are just amazing. And they, yeah. they ended up there by none of their own will. Right. That's just what yeah. the people who thought, they knew what was best for them. Brought them. So sure. that was a 13-year chapter in my life. Holy cow. And there are amazing stories that came out of that chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, because to end up in that situation, your parents have to have committed a crime. Mm-hmm. And so you're growing up with this idea of what right or wrong is. right. And it might be different than what society believes right or wrong is. Right. Yeah. And we are so programmed at an early age by our early life experiences. Yeah. And so that was a fascinating part of my story and unwinding sure. it all as I made my way through life. Great. And then I went to the Cherry Creek School District, okay. which is one of the top school districts in the state of Colorado. Okay. And I was <coughs> privileged to have an incredible education. And I found football early in life. And I used that as an outlet. And mm. I excelled at it tremendously. Mm-hmm. And a big reason why I excelled at it is because when I was in the third grade, um, the next year my mom decided to homeschool me for fourth grade okay and my mom was a physical therapist were you
0: playing football at that point
1: that was right when I started to play football
0: okay fourth and, grade mm-hmm. yeah
1: and before I started playing football my mom who worked with Barry Switzer's yeah training program at the University of Oklahoma uh-huh. was training me in my basement
0: what did she do for Barry Switzer
1: well so she was a physical therapist was her degree so she worked in the sports medicine department okay back when that was first like, getting.
0: Started. in Norman Oklahoma yeah oh no kidding yeah under Barry Switzer, mm-hmm. no kidding. Yeah, and wow.
1: then uh, she was at the University of Florida when Steve Spurrier. Oh, really? Was, in the nineties? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. When he was a quarterback.
0: Oh, when he was a quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. So, okay. My mom. Um, when was that? Seventies. Nineteen forty-two. Okay.
1: Uh, and yeah, When
0: was he a quarterback in Florida? Seventies, so, probably. Have, right. I'd
1: have to like go back. And yeah. Like, this, this we'll have to I'm look back. that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it was just amazing to have that and then football became my outlet. Okay. And there was two different rules in my house. There was the rules for the kids that were living with me uh-huh. and there was the rules for those who knew better will do better. Okay. And so I had a higher code of ethics than I was responsible to. Okay. Which was pretty important in my life adventure.
0: So then, so, so tell me um, again, Then the you don't want me to use foster kids. What is the, not the label, but what yeah. do you refer to them as your friends?
1: I, I, I started referring to everyone as my friend. Okay. Because a couple of years ago, I was like, hey brother, hey sister. Sure. And then that started to confuse people if I was some sort of religion. Uh-huh. And then the other thing was about it, there started to be a lot of conversation about pronouns. And yeah. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. And the word I am is the most powerful thing that yeah. can come out of my mouth. Sure. And so I was like, if I just call everybody a friend, then that'll be perfect. So yeah, I'm working on that way of articulating because it turns out the impeccability of the word is a real skill to learn. And in the Bible, it says that the greatest skill to learn to master the tongue. Yeah, sure. Because this little thing can... Get you into more trouble than anything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I lived with all these beautiful children. I started working out in the basement. I started playing football. I was really excelling in football. Okay. And I took the path of the quintessential overachiever.
0: Why do you think you did that? Well... What drove you to that?
1: I know now why. Yeah. Back then, I just liked attention. Okay. And... The quintessential overachiever always has to outdo what they did in the past okay. to receive attention. Otherwise, you're no longer the overachiever. Yeah. And it's an exhausting life to live. Mm-hmm. And so I realize now, because I've spent yeah. over 35,000 hours personal training people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And just <laughs> listening to the stories. And in 2012, after I read The Four Agreements,
0: uh-huh.
1: and... I was blown away. I was like, all right, all right. Don Miguel Ruiz, you're telling me that Shane and I are the same thing. No. <laughs> no, there's no way. And so I'm a scientist. Right. Part of my adventure was I went to the Colorado School of Mines. I got a degree in engineering. Right, I knew and that. And there. And yeah. so I came into the gym with an Excel spreadsheet in my mind. Okay. And I was going to find out how Shane and every other person that I was with was me.
0: Okay. I knew it was
1: easy when it was something. All oh, right, Shane's handsome. I could see that. Shane's got blue eyes. I got blue eyes. I can see that. Yep. Shane's a man. I'm a man. I can see that. Shane's got children. I got children. All right, all right. And then when I ran into something, I was like, well, what about this? How is that, How is that in me?
0: Mm-hmm. And. What's an example it? of that that you saw that you. Well. Started to get you thinking that <laughs> way?
1: There was. Like, it was easy for me to accept the things that I loved about you uh-huh. existed in me. Uh-huh. If there was something that I saw in you that created a negative emotion in me, okay. how did that exist in me?
0: Mm.
1: And I literally went through every single thing that quote-unquote annoyed me. Uh-huh. And I found About other people? Yeah, Yeah. And I found out it was all about me. Okay. And I was the one who was creating all of that. Mm. And I could find a different area in my life Mm -hmm. where I'd done that. And I'll just go to the most extreme example. okay? Because that seems to be the way that conversations go.
0: Yeah, it's such a fundamental thing. Like, it's in the Bible, it's in every religion. Look at yourself in the mirror, basically, right? Boil it down to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I had a friend ask me, all right, my mom and I were talking about how you're talking that we're all the same, Mm -hmm. and she just is having this challenge, accepting that you could be the same as someone who did X in Y to Z, Mm -hmm. and I'm using X, Y, and Z because I want to remove the stories, Mm -hmm. because your brain is so beautiful and so powerful, and if I tell you a story, it further ingrains the story in your mind, Mm -hmm. or it creates a new story in your mind. Mm -hmm. You probably have very little attachment to the person named X who did Y to the person named Z. Mm-hmm. And you can fill in the blanks with whatever you want to do. Whatever, circumstances, whatever you circumstances you want. Yeah. And then I had to think about it. And the way I treated myself, I was massacring cells in my body okay. with my nutritional choices. Okay. I was Eating crappy?
0: Drinking eating
1: drinking listening to music Mm -hmm. watching tv Mm -hmm. reading books Mm -hmm. having conversations Mm -hmm. and this is my biggest uh aha in 2020 nutrition is whatever your brain consumes
0: okay not necessarily food
1: i mean i was pretty (laughs) profound about food and then beverages Uh uh-huh and then it's whatever your brain consumes that's nutrition okay so we just wrote a Blog post that we're also getting ready to release called Nutrition. Okay. N E W. Nutrition. N E W. Okay. New okay. Because it's a new approach. Sure. And just understand that consumption. So okay. I was massacring cells on a cellular level, which is what death is, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. Death is when the body no longer is able to reproduce cells mm-hmm. at a level that sustains life. Okay. And sometimes you can end that. Very quickly and sometimes it's a slow process mm-hmm. and what I found about time is it's always now and whether I live to be 90 or I live to be nine in an infinite universe I'm the same age mm-hmm. and so whether it's me drawing it out over decades or me doing it in a split instant mm-hmm. and the whole scheme of things when you zoom out it's the same mm-hmm. and the things I would say to myself sometimes out loud Mm -hmm. and sometimes just in my mind i was being a bigot of myself Mm. i was being judgmental of myself Mm. i was being discriminatory of myself you're beating yourself up i was beating myself up yeah and
0: when i so common like it's so common i just was talking to a guy yesterday i think the guy was telling you that's you know um, i won't get into details but the same thing like alter egos You know, just destroying your mind. We're our own worst enemy, right? It's Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, it. you know, going back, we've talked a little bit about the Bible. Yeah. The very first thing that God said is, hey, do whatever you want. Just skip over eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Sure. And the more that I think about that, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, to me, represents the tree of judgment. Right. And so all God asked me to do is, hey, let go of judgment, Mm -hmm. and you'll live in paradise. Yeah. And so it was in about two thousand. When did you
0: discover that? Um, That's a big deal. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this, like, and this is the stuff that we're talking
1: about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I discovered that concept um, about two years ago. Okay. I started like tapping into it a little right. bit before that, uh, and like this is like I'm going on a rabbit trail here, which I knew sure. would happen because sure. this is all organic. Like, there's yeah. no script that you and I are following. We never talked about what we're talk about no really and uh, so in 2016 I started personal training myself mentally okay. physically spiritually and emotionally okay and I was mentally sharp mm-hmm. so I thought I was physically sharp so I thought mm. spiritually and emotionally I was so out of shape mm. I was as out of shape as out of shape can be, mm. and I had so many margins to make there. Yeah. So in 2016, like I was blessed with this program to follow that uh, was just divinely inspired and given to me. Mm. And
0: divinely inspired. Divinely so it inspired. came from God. It did. Yeah.
1: It did. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. man. And yeah? the stuff I, I'm talking right? to you about, like, is so far out there. Yeah. And the adventure that I've been on has taken me to the edge of the universe and back many, 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 many
0: times. Yeah. You've been to China. I've been to China. <laughs> Mexico. I have. I've been to Mexico. Yeah. And yeah. Like the- I saw your video when you're on the subway in China, yeah. <laughs> the little kid. Yeah. That was
1: that was <laughs> an epic. How I found myself
0: there. Is that right? Yeah. What year was that? 2018. Okay. March. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, I'll just fast forward from where we rabbit trailing off. Yeah. So. I overachieved, and okay. I created this overachieving identity. Mm-hmm. Part of my overachieving was to get a football scholarship to the Colorado School of Mines. Okay. I graduated from Colorado School of Mines, got a degree in engineering, yep. and then I moved to Idaho to be close to my family because that was important to me. Okay. And I moved to a town called Nampa.
0: Your parents had moved from Colorado to Idaho?
1: Okay, so I left a few details out of this story. Okay. In 1996, my, one of my brothers pieced out from the physical place. Okay, and I say pieced out because I no longer believe in death. I just believe he no longer was hanging out in his body.
0: Okay. And what do you believe happens when
1: you die? We're just saying that. I like there. There is no death.
0: Okay. Do you ever remember non-existence? Do I remember non-existence? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> no, but I don't remember me being three either. Me so. Me either. <laughs> so it just
1: it's just is a continual okay. consciousness.
0: Well that evaluation. could go a lot of different directions it, it does, right there. Yeah. It does. Okay.
1: So and I was twelve when that happened. Okay. And then my mom pieced out when I was in college. Okay. So they did move up to Idaho, however it was just my dad. Okay. Now and then I had a brother with a family and I had a sister who had yet to start a family. Okay. And so I went up there to just try to be some dudes, people I love. Okay. Because my mom was the rock, my mom really? was amazing,
0: oh my yeah. god. So you wanted to help out your dad and your brother? I wanted to help
1: out my dad, my yeah. brother, my sister. Okay. Um, so I got a job engineering up there okay. in Tampa, Idaho, doing what I went to school to do. And I worked for an amazing company, I worked for an amazing man. And huh. then in 2006, when I was up there, I went to go watch my nephew's football jamboree.
0: Jamboree, and, yeah, okay. Yeah, jamboree. <laughs> and
1: i you know, played football is a huge like part of my identity. Sure. And showed up and it was just a bunch of dads doing the best they can with the tools they have. Mm-hmm. My nephew was six, going on seven, and then they just were like a hodgepodge of things and they were asking for as many volunteers as they could get, and my brother's like, get out there. So I got out there and I love kids. Okay. I love kids. And I love the energy that they bring. You like and teaching? I I actually love teaching. Uh-huh. However, I love learning more. Okay. And my friend Jesus says have the heart of a child.
0: Sure. And
1: when I actually understood what that meant to have the heart of a child, mm-hmm. I started learning from children.
0: Yeah. That and goes back to judgment, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. up until kids are their first 2 or 3 years of being a child Uh there's no consciousness of judgment right and then somewhere between five and eight they start to be self-aware that comparison exists yeah and then from eight to eighteen it's like where do I find acceptance (laughs) yeah and then from eighteen on it's now I'm going to pretend to be this person for the rest of my life Mm.
0: pretend (laughs) (laughs) that's what you think it is (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, what are you, Shane? Yeah. What am I? Oh, yeah, what are you? Uh, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Are you A business really? person, yeah.
1: What about before you were a husband and a father and a business person? I
0: uh, was just a kid, yeah. Uh, what
1: were <laughs> like, before you started getting all these labels?
0: Nothing, I guess, yeah. Or everything. Yeah, or everything, yeah. Depends I mean, how you look at it. It does. Yeah.
1: And so it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And so I started working with these kids and I was having so much fun yeah. and um, the kids gravitate to me because I have the heart of a child and because I recognize their value is equal to my own value mm. and the director of the league's like hey your nephew needs a coach uh, do you want to coach? I was like no I mean I have all these other things I'm doing and that would be a huge time commitment And then I came back the next day and helped out and they're like, hey, your nephew's team still needs a coach. Would you like to be a coach? And this is flag football. Uh I was like, I'll be an assistant coach. And then day three the same, day four the same, and on day five, they're like, well, your nephew's going to go on a, and the kids from his school are going to just be split up and go to different teams or you're going to be the head coach. And I was like, all right, I'll be the head coach. (laughs) And
0: Just because you wanted to keep them together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're
1: my nephew's friends. They went to school together. They were great kids yeah and so then i started coaching this little league flag football team like they were a college football team wow and it was phenomenal yeah it
0: was how'd you so do great.
1: we we had a lot of success did you yeah we had a lot of success
0: and winning games because i don't know what success might mean to you right
1: now well uh, <laughs> success <to laughs> at me, that point yeah, to yeah success to me at that point is winning okay winning okay. winning winning yeah and uh
0: because that's what you were taught as a kid, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and,
1: and I, that's where external validation comes from. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of success. However, I am super benevolent in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to have an equal opportunity. So that first year, we did have a couple of L's that mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. However, they felt like victories mm-hmm. because we got to shine light on some kids who you know maybe that was the only time they ever played football yeah and they're six and seven years of age cool and they gotta feel what it felt like to you know be the star yeah and at the end. did you the- make a
0: point a purpose of putting those kids in those positions where they could feel that
1: way absolutely yeah absolutely because i mean my mom was just She had so much love that she literally had six kids Mm -hmm. and then brought 58 kids in to live with her. That's incredible. (laughs) Like, the woman, she spent her whole life taking care of others. And her story, like, she's here right now dude. feel her. Yeah. Because the only reason this gym exists is because of her.
0: Really? Really. Why do you say that?
1: Well, because when I was following her around as an apprentice uh-huh. and she was teaching me about physical therapy for uh-huh. two years i did that and she taught me how to work out in my basement and she spent so much time helping others with the wealth of health she gave me a massage before every football game and after every football game oh really? through high school wow you know, i mean she was with barry switzer national championship yeah. team and i was getting that treatment wow through
0: what a blessing you know, for you Louisville.
1: God, my yeah. mom blessed me so very much, and she's such a strong, beautiful, powerful energy that still mm. shows up in my life mm. every day. You see her here in the gym a lot? I feel her more than I see her. Okay. I, f- I feel her way more than you I see her. You feel me. her, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's what it turns out it's oh. all about feelings. Sure. And uh, so then at the end of that like football season, these parents were like, thought I was the greatest thing that ever happened to coaching. And they were so kind. Mm. And, you know, I was 20, this is 2006, so I was 23. And I just went right to my head. And I was like, well, if you think I'm good at that, you should see me doing this. Yeah. And if I got the opportunity to do speed and agility training with your kids, they would transcend mm. the game. And they're uh, okay. like, well, let's see you do it. And I was like, all right, well, it's winter now. I have no facility. Mm-hmm. And I need to save up some money so I can buy some equipment. And then let's get started in the spring. Okay. So spring rolled around, and they are playing baseball, same group of kids, and then the parents are like, hey, the weather's nice. Let's get this going. And I was like, all right, well, they're really into baseball. They're playing three nights a week. They're practicing three nights a week, mm-hmm. and the all-star, like most of those kids make the all-star team, mm-hmm. so let's start after the all-star break, and that will give me time to save some money. Well, at 23, I'd yet to learn about really saving money. Mm-hmm. And so after the all-star season was over, one of the dads is like, all right, my house Monday. I was like, how about two Mondays from now so I can save some money? And he's like, hold on. And he came back and he handed me a blank check. Say, like, I'll see you at my house Monday. Wow. And I just want to give a shout out to Jim McCord.
0: Okay. Because- that, From Nampa. From Nampa, Idaho. Yeah.
1: I mean, I love you, Jim McCord.
0: And That's I'm cool. so
1: grateful for your generosity. Was that kind of your first,
0: uh, Blessing, I guess, as far as getting into the training business, or
1: that was a huge not your first, up. but a big. Deal. That was a huge hand-up. Yeah, yeah, because I got paid in high school by kids who were in like middle school's parents to okay. like, go work with junior okay. on the field and do this, that, and the other. And so I'd had like little introductions to it, and I paid for my own stuff most of my life. Okay, and so but a blank check.
0: So what'd you go spend it on?
1: Well, that's a great question. So. I had a great strength and conditioning coach in high school, John Schultz. Love him. He's also my calculus teacher and good friend. Mm. And he ran a remarkable speed and agility training program. And I worked it so that I could pay for it. Okay. And I worked it so I could get my camps to go to the University of Wyoming paid for and some of the other ones. Oh, okay. And so uh, I was really familiar with running the program. Uh-huh. And so I bought agility ladders, I bought plyometric boxes, I bought a drill mat, I bought a couple And balls. Okay. And I bought some harnesses and some sleds.
0: So not it didn't cost a ton of money then. No 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 no
1: no no. no. And so it was like under a thousand dollars. Yeah. And so then I started working with these seven. These kids were seven. And Malcolm Gladwell's that amazing book Outliers. Mm -hmm. It talks all about the 10,000 hour principle. Sure. So these kids were getting trained at age seven as though they were collegiate professional
0: wow. athletes. You use those concepts to train them?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And um, there was a huge like, thing that happened right at this moment in time also. The huge thing that happened was I went to a wedding for my cousin out in California and me and my dad went. And while I was out there I ran into another cousin mm. who I really admired growing up. Mm. And he's about 13 years ahead of me in the little game of life. And I was like, hey, man, what are you into these days? And he's like, running my, ba- running my business, spending time with my family and daughters, and reading. And I was like, oh, running a business, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, spending time with your family, that's cool. Reading, why are you using your time to read? Yeah. And he's like, well, because readers are leaders. Readers
0: are leaders. And, are leaders. and <laughs> reading, like,
1: adds value to who I am. Sure. And he's like, well... You never read? And I was like, No, I thought reading for, was for people who have no fun things to do. <laughs> and he's like, What do you mean? I was like, Well, when I'm at the game, I'm watching the game. When I'm at the club, I'm at the club. Mm-hmm. When I'm at the pool, I'm at the pool. Mm-hmm. And like, When am I going to find time to sit and look yeah. at a book? Yeah. And he's like, Well, I guess we just have different perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? And I was like, Yeah, ask me a question. He's like, Have you ever read anything? passionate about. I was like, no, just the stuff the teachers told me to read and the stuff that was going to give me the A. Yeah. And I barely even read it. I read Cliff's version of it or I skimmed through it to find the answer. Hmm. Notice how I said find the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right You're working topic. it in already, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so he's like, well, what are you interested in? And I was like, I'm interested in working out and making money. Yeah. And he's like, alright. We'll find us some books on working out and making money. I was like, well, do you have any recommendations? And he said, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Great book. I just
0: read Okay. It. Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And
1: we got to give a shout out to Sharon Lecter. Okay. The co-author. Okay. And he talks about her in the book and helping and how helpful she was. Yeah. However, that woman helped on every single one of his books. And she is doing some amazing stuff right now with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Okay. And she just rewrote Napoleon Hill's classic, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. For women,
0: I saw your post or somewhere I saw you talking uh, about that. I yeah. wanted to ask you about that. So
1: yeah. I'm in contact with her right now and I'm oh, working really? on getting together with her because okay. um, that's stuff all around the answer. Yeah. And we could get there when we get there. Sure. Uh, so I read Rich Dad Poor Dad cover to cover okay f- from the flight from um, Oakland back to Boise. And I was like, I'm working fulfilling someone else's dreams. Mm. I got to start on my exit strategy. Mm. I'm 23 and I'm working for this guy who's amazing. Mm -hmm. However, I'm fulfilling his dreams. Mm. I need to... And you're talking as an engineer working. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if if you work for somebody and it's part of your dreams, Mm -hmm. then that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you're working for somebody because it's part of paying for the bills and your other dreams, you're helping that person that you're for Mm -hmm. pay for their trips Mm -hmm. their family fun their adventures and
0: and that realization came to you at 23 yeah Yeah, on the plane i was like (laughs)
1: all right i gotta figure my exit strategy okay and so then i got back and my dad had given me this audio series by dave ramsey okay total money makeover yeah you're familiar with my friend dave oh yeah yeah
0: all right listen to his radio show i used to drive a lot for work so I listen to his radio show all the time. So yeah. Dave, Ramsey,
1: Dave Ramsey is one of my good friends. I got the opportunity to thank him a couple of times in really? person. And I'm looking forward to the next time that I get the opportunity to speak with him. Yeah. Because I can do a lot to help what he's working on helping. That's cool. And so then I got on the Dave Ramsey Seven Steps Get Out of Debt. Uh-huh. Step one, get your emergency fund. So I used my engineering money. A thousand bucks. A thousand right? bucks. But yeah. I got my engineering bonus. It became my emergency fund that okay. summer 2007. Then step two, start snowballing your debt. Yeah. So I had a roommate. I had this side hustle with training these kids. I had my engineering job. I started to do things differently than I was based on my expenditures. And he says, go get a job delivering pizzas. Because if you have a nine to five job, it'll never interfere. Yeah. You'll work nights and weekends, you'll make cash tips, mm-hmm. and you can put it all towards the principal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So I was on this two year plan, very focused to pay all this stuff off.
0: So you're working as an engineer full time and you were delivering pizza?
1: Well, I was going to deliver pizza. Okay. And this is where fate, you know, when the, the students ready to teach it will appear.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And as I look back in hindsight, I understand I manifested all of these miracles mm. when I set an intention and I took action.
0: You don't think it was luck
1: luck in when you're really, really, really good at manifesting. Yeah. It becomes luck. Yeah. And everybody's really, really, really good at manifesting. Yeah. It just is the consciousness. Model. So you believe
0: you kind of create your own luck, so to speak. I, I know
1: that I create everything Yeah. because every thought that I have about you, how I know it's me, Because where does my thought about you having a red shirt exist?
0: Where does it exist? It Exists in fact that I have a red shirt on exists in your head. It just exists in my head. Yeah.
1: It exists in me. Yeah. The idea that you have blue eyes, where does that thought exist? Yeah. In you. The the idea that your name is Shane, where does that thought exist?
0: (laughs) Your thought exists in you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so we're just all, we're all the same. Yeah. Anything I see out there just exists in here.
0: Sure. It's yeah. Profound, huh? <laughs> well, dude, it is. <laughs> and
1: the stuff that I've experienced is the most beautiful, amazing things. Mm. And so then, I walked out of Domino's with the delivery driver application. Okay. I walked into Anytime Fitness, and the lady at Anytime Fitness says, "Joe, you're always here. You're always happy. You're always helping people. Would you like to be a personal trainer?" I was like. Yes, I would. <laughs> and what do I need to do? She's like, take this test, get this insurance, and you're good to go. Okay. So I started doing that.
0: Wow. How come you um, walked into Anytime Fitness?
1: Well, I was having a membership okay. at the Nampa Rec Center. Okay. And my friend Brienne came out to stay with me for the summer. And they were only willing to give her an annual membership. And the Anytime Fitness membership could work nationally. Oh, okay. And it was something like nineteen ninety nine a
0: month. Yeah, and just made more sense. Just made
1: more sense. Yeah. She was gonna be going back to Golden, Colorado after the summer, Okay. and then Anytime Fitness right next to Golden High School, where she was gonna be working. Mm. So she could just use it there. Okay. And so I switched from the Namda Rec Center to
0: Anytime Fitness. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, And you started being a personal trainer. Right there. Working as a personal trainer at, at night, obviously, and weekends. Well, there's
1: engineering is from eight to five. So there's the 5 a.m. hour in a train, the 6 a.m. Oh, hour geez. to train, the 7 a.m. <laughs> hour in train, and then the 6 p.m.,
0: 7 okay. p.m., So
1: I was doing about 20 hours of personal training. Wow. I was doing...
0: Which is like 21-hour sessions. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's where this 35,000 number just started to accumulate. Okay. And then I uh, would go to the engineering, and I'd come back after that, and then football season rolled around again, and these parents were so excited to have me train their kids again for the football. Yep. I was on the Dave Ramsey Get Out of Debt program, and I was like, all right. Like, step seven, Dave says to give back.
0: Hmm.
1: And I'm all about giving back today, because today's all that I have. Sure. And why wait till I'm out of debt to start being generous and benevolent? So now I'm working 40 hours a week engineering, 20 hours a week personal training, and I'm coaching this little league football team 20 hours a week. And I'm wow. office manager at the engineering firm, she said, oh John, you'll never believe Dave Ramsey's putting on a seminar in Portland, Oregon. You could go. And I was so stoked, I was like, Boise, Portland, our flight, and that's easy. And I looked at the ticket, the ticket was $350 to go to the conference. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh man, Dave Ramsey I would say, there's no way that you need to spend that money. That's two car payments. <laughs> and so, I was like, what could I do that's clever to Get Dave's attention, so I wrote Dave Ramsey an email. This was before the whole world knew about Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. and only a fraction of the world actually knows about him because there's seven point eight billion people, and there's yeah. maybe like ten million people who know about Dave Ramsey. Yeah. So mathematically, like as many people know about you and me as they do him. But yeah. This was before <laughs> mainstream had given all the contracts with Fox. And yeah. So then, uh,
0: twenty well, two thousand six, you said.
1: This is two thousand seven now. Two thousand seven, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So. It's, next football season okay. and I sent him an email I said Dave your process has changed my life I'm so grateful Mm. and I'm really excited on the trajectory I'm on I got my emergency fund I got my part time job and I skipped forward to step 7 to get back because it's so important to me so I'm volunteering 20 hours a week to coach this little league football team Mm. I said I'd love to go to your conference however you say that beyond beans and rice, rice and beans and then I'm doing that I'm snowballing and I'm super grateful you also saying that you can negotiate anything with cash and honesty.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so
1: I told him. True. I I, I said, and honestly, I have no extra cash to afford this ticket to go to your show. Mm. I can afford to splurge on a Southwest flight to get to Portland. I can stay at my sister's for two nights for free. And if you can make this affordable within reach, I'd love to go to your show. Yeah. And then Dave Ramsey very proud about responding back in under 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I got from his assistant. Dave thinks you're hilarious. Here's a ticket to the show. Oh, you're kidding. No. Oh. <laughs> so I went. Wow. <clears throat> and I went and I learned all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. And there's so many details to that story. It could be another one hour story. Yeah. And so you learned the
0: seven steps in, in more depth there. Is that what you kind of learned from him? This
1: was actually geared towards starting a business. Oh, okay. So it was okay. a, his main thing was the total money makeover. Yeah. And the, what does he
0: call that now? There's a name for that whole series. Um,
1: Financial peace university.
0: Well, the, the entrepreneur thing he does. Oh, Cause yeah. he does huge leadership. Yeah. Entree leadership. Mm-hmm. He does huge conferences. There, yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this was like the start before. Okay. Entree leadership. Was okay. Like really wow. You were really ground floor then. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so I got the opportunity to go talk to him during the intermission. And I was the last person that, before he stopped accepting people to meet, So I'm like, ah. Oh, you're kidding. Catch you later next time. (laughs) And so I came back, just fired up. He gave me a couple good books. In the same time frame, my friend Jim McCord gave me a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay. Game changer. Yeah. And so I read that and I was reading like voraciously because Dave Ramsey was also generous enough to publish a list of his top 100 books you must read. Mm. So I was just crossing them reading the whole thing Read huh? the whole thing yeah and then one of my clients when I got back was a building owner in Nampa and she's like hey I got a space that's vacant 650 square feet would you like to use it to run your own training facility oh wow and I was like well that sounds way better like that would be a step in the right direction And yeah. I went over and looked at it in the middle of the night the electricity was off and I was like yes it's right on the main drag okay. in Nampa, Idaho oh yeah I was like, "All right, here we go. I'm about to take my entrepreneurial first step," mm-hmm. and this was in November 2007. Okay. And when I went in there the next day, I signed the lease, and uh, in her Chinese restaurant, which was next door, and I went into the, my my now 650 square feet, and I had no idea that there was a guy living in it before with a couple cats. <laughs> and, <laughs> the homeless guy. And, oh, and, I mean, <laughs> it was. You know, it was only $350 a month.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so. Rent's a little different in that, but I'm sure. It, it, it is. It yeah. is. <laughs>
1: and so I was just like, all right, well, worst case scenario, I'm just going to eat $350 a month. Mm-hmm. However, all my clients told me that they'd come with me from Anytime Fitness over here. Oh, so really? I'll be starting with some success. Now I need to get some gym equipment. Mm-hmm. However, gym equipment's expensive, man.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: It is. Yeah. And like if you want like top of the line stuff, you're looking at thousands of dollars. Sure. Yeah. And if you just want the average Joe stuff, you're looking at hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I was like shocked. How am I gonna open this gym? <laughs> I'm working on getting out of that. now I got this building. because yeah, you had a whole
0: facility at any time, right? Yeah, With yeah, all the machines. Yeah. All, it turns everything out that hundred and
1: fifty thousand dollars for the stuff. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, All right. So, I started knocking down stuff, doing demo. Like, my goal is to be ready for January 1st. Uh huh. And um, it was a pretty funny story because at Christmas time, I was about to get my next bonus, and everybody's talking at the office, What are you going to do with your next bonus? And, oh, I'm going to buy myself this. I'm going to buy my wife that. We're going to take this trip. I'm going to buy my kids this. What are you going to do, Joan? I was like, Well, I'm going to go up to the D&B outfitters and I'm gonna buy some rubber horse trailer mats so I can put them down so I have yeah. some gym floor. <laughs> the horse stall mats. <laughs> yeah. They're like,
0: that are still used today by everyone. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. And they're like, you're gonna do what? And I was like, yeah, they're like one-fifth the cost of yeah. like the actual commercial gym floor. Yeah. And uh, so I'm gonna go on there and do that. <laughs> That's and funny. So I went in there with the Dave Ramsey. Like I literally cashed my check so I could go in there with cash and honesty. Okay. And this was like my first huge Dave Ramsey success story. Uh-huh. And I walk in there. And I need 650 square feet of this horse trailer mat. It's $1,300 and some change.
0: You're ready to negotiate. And I slapped my $1,000 <laughs> yeah. cash down on the desk
1: of the store manager. And he's like, well, What do you want me to do with that? Yeah. I was like, Well, this is all that I have. Either I'm going to leave it with you or I'm going to take it with me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, that's a lot to knock off. And I was like, yeah. Well, do you want the sale today? And the guy's like, Well, let me see what I can do. So he put in all this coupons and discounts and he got it down to like 1100 and some change. And I was like, this is what I got. And uh, so then finally he got it down. And I walked out of there with money and $650 or 650 square feet of horse trailer. Goods. You're kidding. No. So you got like, it for a thousand for bucks. This day stuff works. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Even for right. just
0: walking into a store and any you need... store, I've used yeah. it in
1: Walmart, I've used it in Target. I've wow. Used in Dol-
0: You've used it in Walmart? Walmart.
1: Yeah. Costco is the one place that I've yet to have success. Today. Yeah. And wow.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so then
1: I was like, I was like all in on this Dave Ramsey stuff. Yeah. So then I went back and I was putting together this gym mm-hmm. and I went to the Dick's Sporting Goods store. And, uh, or I guess, it, yeah, it was Dick's then. It was Dick's. Yes. No, it was Sports Authority. It was Sports okay. Authority back then. Okay. And so I went into the Sports Authority there and I was buying some dumbbells and I was like, all right, I'm going to start out with up to. 20 pounds of dumbbells. Bought a few therapy bands, and then I just had been turned on to the Bosu
0: ball, oh, okay. which I think is. And uh, that's how uh, you started, right? Wasn't that the first thing the you first, used to make your first answer? That was the yeah. first thing I used make yeah. my first answer. Yeah.
1: And so I remember seeing this picture on the side of the box of David Weck, and David Weck. Who's David Weck? The inventor of the Bosu ball. Oh, okay. And I remember thinking, how cool it is this guy had. It's amazing idea. Yeah, and I love this product. I would love to create a product someday that is as amazing.
0: So the first idea for the answer came to you in 2007? Or no in two thousand seven, or two thousand eight. Two thousand
1: eight. Okay. So i it. We're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just was like in awe. It was just such a distinct, memorable moment. Yeah. And I bought a baseball, some therapy bands, and some dumbbells. Mm. I bought a treadmill off a of Craigslist. I okay. bought a Weeder Universal machine off a of Craigslist that I never used once. Yeah. So it was just to paint like the Like everyone picture. else. <laughs> <laughs> it was just to paint the picture yeah. that, hey, this is a gym. And then I went and I invited my friends to come in in December. Mm. And all of them said, oh, thanks, Joe. However, we kind of like the amenities over Anytime Fitness of the. We have no vision of how you're going to train us
0: here. So, how did that work out then? How'd you get, how'd you get your first clients in the door then? With, with So, you had flooring and then a little bit of equipment, yeah. not much. Oh. yeah. And so a used treadmill you got off Craigslist? A used treadmill yeah. I got off yeah. for $200.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, all right. Well, I was just still reading voraciously. And I read okay. this amazing book called Guerrilla Marketing by Jay Lemonstein. Oh, yeah. And he talks about, you know, you can market that ways that cost no no money. Sure. And I was like, all right, so what can I do? I'm on the biggest track in Nampa, Idaho. I have one-way traffic going through me with a stoplight right in front of my gym. So I got big, bright construction paper, and I put the name of my business and my phone number in the windows. Okay. And I made an A-frame sign that said, your summer body starts today, it's January, uh, or it's December. And then on the other side of the sign, it said, come in, leave thin. Just my phone Come in, leave. <laughs> and I was like trying all these catchy things, and I was like, yeah? if I work out every single day, I might as well just work out on the sidewalk.
0: <laughs>
1: and I had very little equipment, so I brought a jump rope out there. Okay. And I started jump roping. And in college, jump roping for a minute was a big feat. And so I went out there, and I made it like five minutes my first time.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: then made it like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And before you knew it, I could just jump rope straight for an hour.
0: And, and you're doing this out on the street, traffic's driving by, yeah, yeah. and the point is to draw people into your gym. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and how did it work?
1: Well, Jay Levinson says it takes 13 times for people to see something okay. before it actually resonate, resonates in their mind. Okay. And so on January 13th, I got my first phone call, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I've been doing this for 13 days. Like, yeah. here we go. And so this woman came. You'd and, been
0: jumping rope for 13 days outside mm-hmm. every day.
1: Day. Wow. I mean, like I said, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah. It was a couple weeks before I was hitting an hour. Wow. And then I was training this woman on my lunch breaks.
0: At your gym. Yeah. So my engineering
1: firm was just five minutes up the street from my gym. Okay. So I'd go train her for an hour, go back. Go back to work. And then one of the days I was there training her, I was leaving to lock up, and this guy and this woman said summer body starts today and it's like yeah are you ready <laughs> they looked at me and they're like yeah we are ready and these two people Steve and Linda Foray, forever changed my life wow in the most beautiful ways huh and there's a whole hour podcast around yeah <laughs> Linda and they came in and they're old-time family of Napa, Idaho. okay and they just had so much success with my program
0: that what was your program what were you doing differently then to to help people so, As opposed to the other trainers at any time. Like,
1: so I have a philosophy called the physics of fitness. Have okay. you ever heard of it before? No. Okay. Well, because there's a reason, because it's the philosophy I created. Okay. And it's just been yet to be shared with the world. Okay. So do you know what exercise is?
0: I think I know what exercise is, but you'll probably okay. tell me.
1: Well, it's a single word, work. Okay. Do you know the calculation for work? No. It's force multiplied by distance. Okay. Physics. Do you know what
0: power is? Not the definition that okay. you no.
1: Okay, power is work divided by time. Okay. The time's the most valuable thing. You have, I have, anyone has. So if I can do more work in less time, I can generate massive amounts of power.
0: More power, okay.
1: So if you come to train with me, every second of that interaction is accounted for with movement. Okay. Because work is force multiplied by distance. Okay. Force is your body. Sometimes we add weight to it. Distance is whatever movement you choose to do. And so now, I'm just, if you just did your bench press, now you're doing your sit-ups. Yeah. And if you just did your sit-ups, now you're doing your squats. You just finished your squats, now we're going back to your bench press. So your philosophy is
0: to keep people working constantly and create more power for them. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And
1: what happened is my clients got into most remarkable shape that I was Mm. even aware of, all ages and all stages. And then I was just like, holy cow. And this guy, Steve, he loves to talk. He's such a beautiful talker. And (laughs) so the whole town in Nampa, Idaho, all of a sudden wanted to train with me.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So he was referring people to you? Left and right, left and
1: right. Oh, wow. And I had to make a decision. Do I want to sit at my engineering desk doing something that fulfills someone else's dreams for $24.58 an hour, or do I want to go personal train for $50 an hour? Yeah. Yeah. And I finished reading through all of Robert Kiyosaki's books and Sharon Lecter's books. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, all right, now it's time to take the leap. And so I did. Yeah. And Good that period. was in um, St. Patrick's Day, 2018. So I'd only been at it for like January, February, March. Wow. And, and you quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was such a crazy thing. I kept waiting for mm-hmm. like. Tom Petty free falling to be on the radio when I was driving away, <laughs> and uh, yeah. never happened. I was like, "All right, now I'm an entrepreneur." Yeah. And I'd always kind of been an entrepreneur in my childhood, buying and selling cards, mm. you know, buying candy bars at Costco, selling them at King Super flipping stuff, baseball jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> flipping stuff, and uh, so now it was real, huh. and I was stoked. Wow. And I had this full schedule, and then I was on my Dave Ramsey mission still. Okay. And I was coaching what funny. step were
0: you on at that point how far you got i was still
1: on step two okay because you got to pay the debt off before you get to step three right
0: and it's all your debt except your mortgage right if i remember right yeah yeah. 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 and
1: then you start working towards that and step mm. five okay and then uh then you got to step six where okay. you started like stacking cash with paying your home mortgage towards your retirement yeah and then mm-hmm. step seven is to get back
0: okay and how long were you uh how long did you have your gym in napa then? so
1: i opened it I consider the opening day, the day I signed the lease, which was November, 18th, okay. 2007. Okay. Okay. I sold it on July 31st, 2011, and this is where the magic. You sold it. Yeah. This is wow. where the magic of you comes in. <laughs>
0: I think that's the time I met you. Yeah. Because right well, in
1: 2009, after yeah. I paid off my student loan and my car loan, yeah, and I was now in the process of the other. Steps, mm-hmm. I started manifesting. This was before I knew about manifesting. Mm-hmm. I just said, oh, "I'm going to save up a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm going to buy a big gym." I'm going to save up a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to buy an epic gym. Yeah. I still had no context of how expensive gym equipment was at this yeah. time, and I just kept.
0: But most people don't. Most people finance it, yeah, right? Yeah. They well, don't know I, how had,
1: I had no like idea. Yeah, yeah, and which is so important. Remove focusing on the how. Mm-hmm. As soon as you focus on the how, your mind gets bogged down with details. Mm-hmm. And I had yet to learn that. At that point in time, I was just naive, mm-hmm. which is such a great gift and such a great skill, and I'm back there again. And that's <laughs> why, if you look at a lot of the f- things that people create that are epic, uh-huh. it happens early in their adventure because they're too naive to know better. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and so The fear I, isn't there. Like it could be. Yeah. And then I was just so excited that uh, I was just going to do that and it was happening fast and I saved up that much money wow by 2011
0: so you had got to 100 grand mm-hmm. yeah
1: and well when you're training 80 hours a week yeah. and you train the lady who owns the building so you're no longer paying rent for the building and you, <laughs> and you own all the equipment yeah. and it just yeah. happens fast
0: it can snowball right
1: yeah. yeah so along this adventure when Steve and Linda were so excited and having all these success I was having them do sit-ups on the bosu ball with some dumbbells for their feet
0: okay because
1: I think it's so valuable and so important to have lower lumbar support while you do a Mm sit-up and I think doing sit-ups on the ground is uncomfortable and then it's awkward getting up off of the ground and you put your body in a compromising position and so I always wanted to have my friends in Hmm. So after a while, I just started noticing, hey, when they're getting up from their sit-ups there to come over here, that looks like an exercise. That's a squat and a sit-up. Oh. So I started handing them dumbbells. Hey, try this. Okay, Do the squat and the sit-up and stand up and repeat. Yeah. Hey, hey, try this. Hey, try that. And I was like, so excited.
0: And so it was a, a way, or initially the genesis of the answer then was a, a way to do a better sit-up. Is that basically how it starts?
1: Uh, more comfortable, okay. supported, lower back, Okay. so you can concentrate on the abs.
0: Okay. Core, that was core. which is, is a huge thing huge, right now, right?
1: Huge, it's huge. getting bigger all the time. Oh, man. Well, I mean, yeah. like, there's so much value to the core. Sure. So then, that was very short-lived, though, because one of my clients thought it would be a generous gift to buy me a sit-up bench. And the sit-up benches, the commercial ones, are over $1,200, Yeah, and so it's such a generous gift. And it stifled the answer's development at Mm -hmm. that moment in time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So then, you know, I just was training, 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 80 sessions a week, Uh focused on this goal, and I was
0: like, you know,
1: where am I going to find this gym equipment? And so, I knew... You're still in Nampa? still in Nampa, Okay. and I knew... Because I had a daughter who was an amazing gift in 2011. Mm. And I knew that my daughter was going to be organically driving us back to Colorado. Mm. And there were so many things I was unaware of about that transition that mm. had to happen. And Why did you think
0: that was going to happen? Because it. Well, her
1: mom is from Colorado. Oh,
0: okay. And okay.
1: Her mom has a really beautiful, tight-knit family, Okay. and family is like super valuable to yeah. them. And her family was coming to visit us on our vacations. We were going to visit them on their vacation, our vacations. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I'd like to vacation to other places. Mm-hmm. And if I live there, at least I can go vacation somewhere else." That makes sense. Yeah. Then, so I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. And there was a crazy, crazy, crazy thing that happened, which happened with my friend Bobby which is a whole other podcast about like the value of life hmm. and then I was like looking for gym equipment in my Idaho on Craigslist and looking for gym equipment in Denver on Craigslist and then hmm. boom! <laughs> Shane shows up.
0: <laughs> that's when you saw that big package. That's here. when I saw so, that that's... huge
1: package. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: it was a Snap Fitness if I remember. It was right. Snap right? Fitness from New Jersey, yeah. 2008. That's SpaceX right. Equipment. Yeah. And yeah.
1: And I was like, all right, they want fifty-four thousand dollars for this. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those arbitrage things where you're going to be like, oh man. <laughs> so then uh, I was like, how much is this stuff even worth? Yeah. And I started looking at it. I was like, oh my gosh, they got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the stuff. Yeah. And it's all brand new. Yeah. And I, was like, I think
0: it was only two or three years old yeah, or something, wasn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. And uh, I still remember that. I was like, all right, so I'm going to do the cash and honesty thing. So I just came straight out and said, alright, I'll give you 40000 dollars for all equipment. Yeah. And then I heard back pretty quickly, we'll take 45. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I would do 45. Yeah. I would do 45. And I was like, now what do I need to do? And then, so I just like kind of prayed on it. And then my friend Brianne was coming out to Colorado for a, a job interview okay and i was like hey while you're out there do me a huge favor go look at this equipment because when you're negotiating if you have emotions involved you lose mm-hmm. and i already was sold on 45,000 dollars worth of stuff yeah and i was like i'm gonna see like how but
0: much- your dave ramsey training kicks in and you 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 want to get it for less right yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah makes sense
1: and so i was like all right so 54 is a good deal 45 is a better deal i want you to go in there you have no emotion associated I want you to look at the equipment uh-huh. and without saying anything i just want you to say oh this is different than we thought <laughs>
0: and then, is this a dave ramsey technique no this is a like, little red book of sales yeah. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so then
1: i i don't mind hearing this at all yeah. it's
0: actually interesting to yeah, me to yeah. be honest i don't remember what the final number was. well i do yeah yeah
1: and so then, because you're a big <laughs> part of my adventure, man. You yeah. are one of the first miracles that's that cool. I started being aware of. Yeah. And that's cool. I've had plenty of miracles. My heart beating right now and my brain working to send all these synapses throughout my entire body. That's like an amazing miracle. Yeah. Uh, and these were just the first ones that I started being aware of. And I was like, all right. So I sent Mike an email. And I was like, yeah, my friend Brianne said it was different than we thought. We'll offer you thirty-five he responded back you were willing to pay 40 last week I was like yeah it was different than we thought yeah let me know and then a couple weeks went by Uh and I'd already determined I was going to sell my gym and one of my clients expressed an interest to buy it okay and then a couple weeks went by and I heard back from Mike hey if you can do 35 this week we'll take it wow and so I got together the $35,000
0: wow and you, so the money, because uh, I remembered it differently where the money, money came from. I don't know why I do, but it was money that you had saved up and, and then money that you had got from selling your business. Yeah.
1: No, this was the money that I'd saved up.
0: Okay, just the money you saved Just the money up. I saved okay, up. Okay,
1: okay. And then I turned around the next week and sold my business for about the equivalent amount of money. Okay. So I sold a squat, or I sold, sold a leg press, a set of dumbbells from fives to hundreds, one pulley system, most of ball, two sit up benches, and I got all the stuff you gave me. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you moved in here. Well, yeah, that was, yeah. That
1: was a huge miracle, too. By the yeah. Way. yeah. And uh, so then we moved to Colorado in August of 2011, which is okay. where I spent most of my life, anyways. Yeah. Wow. And I started over from scratch. No clients, no space. I had mm-hmm. amazing equipment, and I was looking for space around here at the um, Brookville, Louisville Superior area. Uh-huh. and my really good buddy Nick yeah. was driving and Nick saw a for lease sign on this building and we called and we were working with my buddy for looking at a bunch of other real estate okay so you had planned because I was going
0: to ask you about Nick because so he was part of the plan initially or did he see this building and said hey let's go do this together or how did that come to be so Nick and I played
1: college football together
0: oh okay he is such a beautiful at
1: mine yeah and so we both worked out together for years and years. Oh, okay. And we thought, like, when, when I found this gym equipment, I was like, you always said if I opened up a gym in Colorado, you'd join me. i okay. are calling your bluff. Yeah. And so. What was he doing? He was engineering. He just got a job engineering again. Okay. And uh, so then it was uh, amazing. And he's like, let's call this place. So we called this place.